Alrighty, welcome back to the Leaning In podcast. Um, it has been a little while since I've gotten behind or in front of the microphone, however you want to say it, but I'm super excited to be back. I have my really good friend Brandon here. Um, I met Brandon through some mutual friends and through church, and over the past couple months we've gotten to know each other a lot better. We've done some small group stuff together. We've hung out together outside of church and just been a good time. So Brandon, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, um, my name is Brandon. Um, I am 20 years old. I'm from Westchester, Ohio. Um, I have three younger brothers, so I'm the oldest of four boys. Um, Yeah, I am currently working for a company called HeartCo, Um, and I'll get into that more later about how that all happened. What does HeartCo do? We make... (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, though, I am not 100% sure, like totally, what we do. Um, it's the liners for Wilson NFL footballs. Okay. Um, besides that, there's a couple other products that we make. I couldn't tell you really what they are. <laughs> I'm very new to the company. So Yeah, very cool. So we had had some conversations in the past about some trips out west, and I know that um, – Ministry is definitely a big part of where you want to go. Yeah. And I just want to talk about, like, what what are those trips? Like, walk me through, uh, like, what it is. Tell me what it is. Walk me through it and that kind of stuff. I want to hear about it. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so I originally started going out west about five years ago. Um, my dad and I had been kind of doing this other ministry. It was called Outback America. Um and it was kind of like uh, father-son, um, like restoration, kind of building into each other weekend. But I'd been going to it for so long, volunteering on it so many times. Um, we were going to go out to California to JH Ranch. Okay. Um, and JH Ranch was essentially just the weekend, but just spread out for a whole week. And at that point, I could have taught the entire week. Okay. It was so familiar to me, it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been as fun. So my dad started looking for a new ministry. Um, I'm not quite sure how he came across it, Um, but about five years ago, he met uh, Chris Hartenstein, uh, and he is the leader of a ministry called The New Frontier um, out in Montana. Um, They have a couple different kinds of trips, the first one being the father-son trips. Um, so I went out with him originally five years ago. Um, it's a whole week out in Montana. We do um, hiking, climbing, whitewater rafting, chilling on the ranch, a um, lot of teaching time. Um, it, I seriously cannot say enough about the ministry and what it's done for me and my relationship with my dad. And I know my brothers, speaking for them. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 as I said, I originally went out five years ago, and then every year after that, my dad has taken the next brother. Okay. Um, so my dad has been out there way more than I have, as I am so jealous. Yeah, um, can imagine. Yeah, and then, so I've been out there three times. Um, second one being a family vacation last summer. We took my mom out finally, because for five years we'd been talking about Montana and my yeah. mom hadn't seen it yet so all the guys have been going and she's yeah. like when's it going to be my turn yeah, it's like when can I go out west I want to go see this so uh we took her out to Glacier National Park 
okay. uh, for a week over Fourth of July. It was awesome, awesome family time. If you ever have the chance to go to Glacier National Park, you have to go. Okay, for it sure. Is the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. Um, I'd say probably my favorite place on earth. Really, it's that yes, good. It is that good. It's just tons of hiking, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not comparable to anything. Really, um, it's a very uh, unique park, I would say. Just mountains, snow-capped mountains in July. Um, really? Yeah, we were we were actually hiking. So we had gotten there for Fourth of July week, and uh, the trails had just opened. Okay. Some of the trails because yeah. the snow had just started to clear. We were hiking and. You couldn't really even see the trails. You wouldn't even know that they were trails unless they were like flag markers. Really? Saying that this is where you are. Yeah. That's awesome. Above the cloud lines. Just simply amazing. Yeah. Montana is definitely a place that I've wanted to visit um, just because I've followed a couple of people and one, I've heard your stories and they sound amazing, but mm-hmm. I've also followed some people and they're from the pictures they post and that kind of stuff. It just looks unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm somebody that likes to get out in nature and, I feel like that's where I grow best. I like to um, take that time to disconnect. Yeah. Like if I'm like on a service trip or whatever, like it doesn't really feel like I'm actually getting yeah. disconnected any like from anything. But like you're, you're super busy on service trips. You're you're always doing something. Yeah, exactly. And you're always around people, which isn't bad. Yeah. But when you go out west, you feel more. Even if you're with your family or whatever, you you still feel isolated enough yeah. to like have that quiet time just like something I did was just sit on a ridge line in silence yeah that and just look and reflect and I just sat there and I said God whatever you have to say to me right now just yeah lay it on my heart and I'm here to listen what what do you think it is about nature that causes us to be able to feel that way like I it, anytime I'm like camping or whatever mm-hmm. going to college camp or man camp or whatever it's just something about it yeah for me um that's actually where i connect most with god is yeah. out in nature um, i mean i can if i'm not in nature like here at uptown or yeah. wherever but um for me where i'm closest to god is out in nature and i, I think that is is um that's just our it's just how we're made we're, we're, we are made for adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, God calls us into adventure. Um, he calls us into the wild. Yeah. Um, and I think for me personally, that's, that's just where I feel him the most. Even if I'm with people, I, <laughs> I'm known to just like tell people who are talking to me, stop talking yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Like, I, I love you. I want to be in your presence. But I need this quiet time because I came out here to Red River Gorge or yeah. wherever, you know, to hang out with you, but also to get connected with God. Mm-hmm. And I just need complete silence right now. So, like, when you go on these trips to Montana, like, what are, like, you said there are some ways that, some different stuff, that activities that you guys were doing. But, like, are there times for quiet time? Is that, like, a oh, daily yes. thing or was, how? I actually did it a couple times this past time. Um, you know, there wasn't really a hard, unless we were doing something that we needed to be somewhere for. It wasn't a hard wake up time. Um, but I would get up every morning at, gosh, five o'clock in the morning. Really? Before the sun rised. Um, and I would go out on the front porch, um, open up my Bible, grab a cup of coffee, 
and listen to the elk on the, awesome. uh, across the road. Couldn't see them. Yeah. You could hear them, hear them howling out there. Yeah. And I would just sit in solitude. Well, nobody's awake, so I can't be bothered. Um, I journal, but also on these trips, um, after some of the uh, teachings, you're given like a packet of questions and it's called calibration time. Mm-hmm. And you just go out there and you just listen to God and through these questions and what he has to say to you through some of these questions. Um, what do those pers- questions look like? Um, let me think. There's like, it, it all depends on the on the topic of the day. Um, okay. Like something that we hit on is uh, younger brother, older brother. Mm-hmm. From the prodigal son. Yeah. Um, it's like, who do you most align with? The younger brother or the older brother? Um, that kind of stuff. But also something that was, something I'm actually working through right now is uh, how's your heart? And it's all based on um, Psalm 139. Um, and it's like, ask these questions to your dad. So when you're asking them, don't say Heavenly Father or yeah. God or Jesus. You say, hey, dad. Because he is our yeah. he is our dad. right yeah he's our spiritual father. Um, hey dad, what do you think of me? Interesting. And you sit there in silence. That's and you write down what you hear. Yeah, I mean that. I think putting it that way makes it feel like way more intimate with oh, him. Oh, it is way more intimate. And yeah, I and think when you're doing that on the side of a mountain. Yeah, I can only <laughs> imagine how. Yeah, it, it was the strangest thing. I was we were out hiking and. <clears throat> just on the ranch and um you know i hadn't climbed a tree in in years yeah and i don't know why but all of a sudden i was like i'm gonna climb that tree i climbed up in this tree all the way to the top and i sat there pulled out my journal and i was answering those questions yeah i mean it's just like you gotta when you're out there and you feel called you just gotta do it on a whim Mm -hmm. like and personally i found like just following where your heart is leading you mm-hmm. in those moments, like is the best yeah. way to connect. Like those random thoughts that pop into your head aren't, oh, yeah. aren't random at all. Like mm-hmm. they're put there for a reason to help you connect. That's awesome. I'm super jealous. Um, on the father son trip, were there any kind of like rituals that like help bring like the son into manhood, so to speak? Yes. Yes, there was. Um, <clears throat> so about halfway through the week, <clears throat> sorry. Um, there's a ceremony. Um, it's kind of after some some quiet time and quiet time with your with your father. Um, you're given this ring. I'm actually wearing it on my wrist okay. right now. Sorry, you can't see it, but you know, oh, yeah. listeners, there's a uh, right. there's a ring on my wrist. Um, it's like it's like a ring, but then it's like has a bracelet, like yeah, for like made out of paracord, and it's pretty sweet. It has actually the entire Lord's Prayer on it. Really? Mm-hmm. And totally engraved all yeah, over it. It looks around. like people call it my Lord of the Rings ring. <laughs> um, but your your dad, your earthly dad mm-hmm. gives you this ring. He gives you a pair of sandals and a shirt. And these are all rep- representing the prodigal son. Okay. Coming home. Um, you're given a you're given shoes. You're you're that represented that he was no longer a slave. Okay. Only slaves didn't wear shoes. Oh, I did not know so that. So his dad gave him sandals. He gave him the coat. Mm-hmm. That means of of wealth. Like okay. You're you're with us. Yeah. And then the ring, you're you're part of the family again. 
I yeah. see. And then your dad <clears throat> lays his hands, looking you right in your eyes, placing his hands on your shoulders, and just speaks words of affirmation to you. Hmm. It's powerful. That, yeah, I it, can imagine. It'll get you crying For like sure. a little kid. Yeah, especially, I mean, is it around a fire? or? Yeah, it's, yeah. Around, well, it's around a giant table under a gazebo. Okay. Um, with the mountains in the background, yeah. and there's a, there's a really strong creek running through. Really, and uh, it's like towards the end of the night, so the sun's kind of going down. Um, can't really do it around a fire out west, especially in the summer, because how dry that's it is. true. Yeah, but that would make it even that much better. But regardless, it it's so powerful just to hear those mm-hmm. whether whether or not you have a good relationship with your dad or not yeah by, by that point in the week if you didn't have a good relationship with your dad it was it was on its way to getting stronger yeah so how has that trip out there with your father affected like your relationship back here at home with him so my dad and I have always been close <clears throat> we never really had a problem um he was actually I guess you could consider it at times a youth pastor okay um, when I was in junior high, and he always led a small group with my friends and I all through high school. But um, you know, when you when that happens, um, you tend to not share things with your dad because it's like, yeah, he's he's my dad, but he's also like a spiritual leader in my life, right. which your dad should be. But like, it makes you less inclined to share with him. Yeah. Um, but you know, we went through the teenage angst years where. I was always mad at everything he said and that kind of Trying stuff. Trying to rebel against it like, and like, hey, let's talk about your grades. No, Dad, I'm yeah, fine. They're like, fine. I'm, I'll get them up in the end. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. <clears throat> yeah, How, I mean, that's just a funny time of life because yeah, it is. now you look back on it, like every single thing that you did to like go against the grain, mm-hmm. you're like, shit, that didn't turn out for the best. <laughs> no, like I. Maybe if I would have just listened to him, I wouldn't have to have these regrets or whatever right, it is. Right. Um, so at that point, I, I was 16 years old okay. when I first went out there. Um, and as I said before, I'm, I'm the oldest brother mm-hmm. of, of four boys. So I, I definitely had the older brother mentality of, like, I, I was, you know, I don't like to toot my own horn or anything. Um, I actually hate doing that. <laughs> well, then go like, for I, it. I hate going for my strengths or anything like that anyway um but i was pretty mature for a 16 year old yeah um and so like um, my relationship with my dad at that point was it was it was solid we Mm -hmm. were still working through some things but it was pretty good and but now you know a lot of a lot has changed in those five years since right um you know, we, we went through really, really high highs, and mm-hmm. we went through really, really low lows. Um, but I'd say today, our relationship is so strong. He's one, he's my best friend. I'd share anything with him. That's awesome. Um, especially now that I'm in a different stage of life. Yeah. You know, much yeah. older than I was then. I mean, not much older, but like. But still. I, I mean. I feel a lot older. I mean, if you were <laughs> 16. It's been five years. That's like a quarter of your life. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a pretty big jump. And I, I mean, I feel the same way with my dad. Like, we've always been really close. Um, I have always felt like I've been able to tell him anything. We haven't taken like a father-son trip like that. I think um, 
maybe like a man camp or something like yeah. that could be a good opportunity. <clears throat> but he's been somebody that has always really taught me like, and and instead of like telling me what to do, mm-hmm. he's been a good teacher. Yeah. And then he's also let like let me make a lot of my own decisions. And like I'll I'll go to him for advice on something and. He'll tell me, like, what the right thing to do is, and then he'll usually end it with, but you should do whatever you think is right, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's all, it always puts a little pressure on you to yeah. do what he said. Yeah. But then, even, like, if you do what you just thought was right in the first place and you end up failing and then you do it his way, you still learned a lot. Yeah. And that was always a big um, point from him. Like, when we would have this conversation on like hey dad what do you think i should do here well if i were in your shoes i would do this and then but do it however you want mm-hmm. and then i go and do it my way i'd come back to him and be like look i did it my way it didn't work out and then we'd talk and like he like he always would be a huge teacher from the start and i think that's an important thing to have with your father or oh yeah even if it's not like your biological father yeah. your father figure in your life yeah for sure or, or mentor or whatever to have somebody who can speak quote unquote truth to you yeah, and then still like let you choose your own path mm-hmm. because um, if you don't choose your own path, you'd never learn on your own. Right. And, and then just being able to go back to them and being like, Hey, I did it this way. I did it your way and it worked or I did it my way and it worked or I didn't work or whatever, you know, just somebody to talk through with mm-hmm. and discuss on just <clears throat> figuring out life a little bit better. None yeah. of us have it figured out, but knowing a little bit better yeah it's always a lot yeah my my heart breaks for people who don't have dads like that yeah i I was we were oh yeah speaking for both of us i think we were very lucky yeah i mean to have the dads that we have and for sure the families that we came from i agree knowing people who don't have relationships with their father don't know their father their father's there but absent yeah i mean they're physically there but kind of mentally checked out my heart just breaks for those yeah for those guys it makes a huge difference oh it does like you said you're i was pretty mature at 16 as well and Mm -hmm. you said you were as you know were too and i think that comes from having a father who's present Mm -hmm. and like i said it doesn't have to be like your biological father right right and if you're somebody that doesn't have that you can definitely find that whether it's within a church or if you're not religious within some organization like older mature men who would make a good mentor mm-hmm. are always looking for mentees oh, like yeah. they're they people who know they have their shit together mm-hmm. want to help people get theirs together too mm-hmm. and so um that would just be some practical advice that i would give is oh yeah for sure join a join some kind of a coach a family yeah. friend a neighbor i mean Anybody who's older than you that has a little bit of life experience, yeah, um, you know, that is hopefully, you know, speaking from a, I would say a Christian perspective. Yeah, I agree. Um, that can just, you know, pour into you and then you pour into others. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah, it, it will help you mm-hmm. take so many steps and ahead you, in life. And even if you have a great relationship with your dad. Yeah. Because, I mean, even even now that I have such a great relationship with my dad, there's still things that it's like, he's my dad. Like, right, yeah. 
there's still things that you don't want to share. Right. And there's just like, and I mean, like I said, you know, they have their shit together a little bit better than we right. do, but they still don't. And other people might have it better off and like right. better together in a different aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Some people are just better spiritual mentors. Some are better business mentors. Right. Um, and I'm sure with you, you're in your service. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's guys in there that make good mentors and, yeah. and, and some that wouldn't make good mentors at all. Some that I would yeah, not suggest. And yeah. some that you might be kind of mentoring from a distance. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you want to get into that at all. Talk yeah. about Okay. Um, so what got you into the service? And like, what, where are you at? What do you serve yeah. in? So I am an infantryman with the Ohio National Guard. Okay. Um, out in uh, Bowling Green, Ohio. That's where my unit is. Um, so to talk about this, I have to go back all the way to seventh grade. Wow. Um, I'm not going to like, you know, yeah. share every detail from seventh grade on. Right. But um, I didn't realize it, it started yeah, so, that early. Um, I was actually sitting in youth group and one of the questions was, well, what do you want to do when you're older? What do you think God's placing on your heart? And yeah. everybody was writing down nurse, teacher, pastor, you know, like the big thing. Yeah. And I had actually absolutely nothing to write down. I was like, my mind is blank right now. Like, you know, I maybe a marine biologist. Like, that yeah. sounded cool when I was younger. But I had nothing to write down. And then all of a sudden, just this thought came into my head. And up until this point, I hadn't seen any war movies. I hadn't played Call of Duty yet. Hmm. I hadn't done anything. Like, military was not on my radar yeah. whatsoever. And, you know, a thought that you wouldn't have thought of, thought of on your own, but you think is pleasing to God... Yeah. That popped into my head. It said military. Huh. I didn't know what that looked like at the time, um, but I wrote it down, and that same same day, I went to my dad, and I was like, I think God wants me to join the military. <laughs> and he was like, shit. You're like, you don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. You're in seventh grade. Yeah. He was like, oh, oh uh, okay. Um, and, and you think God told you this? And I was like, yes, I, I do. And he's like, okay, well, you know, let's look into that. Let's press into that. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like, no, you're not joining the military. This is not, my son will not be doing this. Yeah. Um, He was like, well, let's look into what that looks like. And that came, um, so that was years of, you know, seventh grade on, um, of just, you know, researching the branches, the jobs in each branch, active duty, reserves, National Mm -hmm. Guard, this and that. Um, and when I graduated high school, I made the decision I was going to go to UC, um, and I was going to be an ROTC. Okay. Um, I was going to graduate an officer, uh, become a second lieutenant, and I was going to go on active duty after that, and I was going to be an Army Ranger. <laughs> That's... Um, high calling. Yeah. Um, I soon realized um, that the officer side just wasn't really for me. ROTC just wasn't cutting it. Okay. Um, I had a point about halfway through freshman year of college where I was like, this sucks. Like, if I have the option to go active duty right now and be in this, like, be in the shit right now. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, just going to classes and learning about this stuff over the period of the next four years. Right, all the theoretical stuff. Yeah. 
why would I not do it now? Why would I not go now? Mm-hmm. So I told my dad, <laughs> I came back and I was like, I'm dropping out of school. I'm listing active duty right now. <laughs> and he was like, hold on, let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> you know, if that's what you want to do and you feel that you've prayed about that, then I support you. Mm-hmm. But let's look at your options right now. You know, you're halfway through your freshman year of college, which is not far into it. So if you stopped, you know, you're not losing a whole lot. Right. But if you continue, you're going to be a, an officer and you're going to be way better off. Yeah. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's just not my leadership style. You know, yeah, it's better pay. It's better everything, really. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be in it with the guys. Yeah. You see, officers are kind of, you know, this isn't, you know. No disrespect yeah, to no, anybody. No disrespect to officers. I've, I've met some of the greatest officers out there, but... Um, Officers are kind of hands-off. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, I wanted to be the door kicker, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the guy to go in that room. I wanted to be the guy to do the fighting. Yeah. Um, and officers just don't do that. They do a little bit, but not for very long. And so I was like, I'm enlisting. So after some, a lot of, some, I mean, a lot of prayer, a lot of talking to guys on active duty, National Guard, meeting with a recruiter, um, I decided that the National Guard was for me. I was going to enlist, um, go to basic training in between my freshman year of college and my sophomore year of college um, so that I could be back in time for the next semester and I was going to finish out my degree um, while serving the National Guard because the National Guard was, you know, I was going to be able to be in it. Mm-hmm. I was going to be fully trained, um, just do the, you know, the weekend trainings, that kind of stuff. Um mm-hmm and get my degree, but it was also gonna be paid for, 100% tuition, plus the GI Bill. I see. So I get my tuition paid for, and then my kids get their tuition paid for. Right, which um, is huge, because tuition's expensive. Very expensive. Um, so I enlisted, I think it was January, I wanna say 19th of 2018. I was 18 years old. Yeah, looking back, I was like, wow that was young to be making that kind of decision but i did it anyway i finished out my second semester freshman year kind of dragging my feet like i'm about to like go do this like why am i in school right um i actually left the week of exam week final exam week um freshman year had to take all my exams early i left i think it was april 24th 2018 for Army basic training. Fun. I'm actually quoted as saying, it's okay, Mom. It's going to be a 16-week vacation. (laughs) Oh, so you really didn't know what you're in for. Boy, was I wrong. That was (laughs) so misguided. Um, I'm not going to go into, like, too, you know, in-depth of basic training. Um, But it was really bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, it was really hard, a lot harder than I had previously thought. You know, I was coming into it a Christian. Um, I wasn't like uh, like super following God, but I would have would have considered myself a Christian right. at this point. Just coming into it, and everybody in my platoon, basic training, were thugs, <laughs> and I mean thugs. They were. You know, the infantry attracts 
the most type A personalities you will ever meet in your entire life. Okay. Which isn't bad. Yeah. You need that kind of people. Yeah. But, like, I'm only type A when it, like, comes down to the shit. Mm-hmm. When the shit hits the fan, that's when I'm... You wouldn't recognize me. Really? If, if we were... If I were, you know, <laughs> doing scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, I curse a whole lot more. You know? Yeah. I yell a lot, whole lot more. That's what it's all about, though. Yeah. You, you need to have that. But it's a switch. Mm-hmm. These guys, you know, everybody needed to be right. If they were wrong, they stuck to their idea to the grave. Really? Even if they were, even if they knew that they were wrong. That's all. They just had to be right. Um, you know, I was there for 16 weeks. Um, no phones. It was all letter communication back home. Um, wasn't dating at the time. Thank the Lord. Yeah. That would have been really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wouldn't have been impossible, but it would have been really hard. Were there other guys that were at basic that had yeah. the right um, some, girlfriends some guys, and that kind of stuff? Uh, were dating. Some guys were married. Wow. Uh, well, I think only one of them was married, but a few of them had kids, not okay. married. Um, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was really hard for them. They would get the Dear John letters. Ugh. Oh, yeah. That's rough. You know, we would all talk them up like, you don't need her anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's stuff. only like 16 weeks. I mean, well, it's a decent chunk well, of time. If you think but... about it, though, I was with guys National Guard and active duty. Yeah. So some of those guys were not coming home. I see. They were going right. So right. how it works is you graduate. You have two days with your family before okay. graduation. You graduate. You have 10 minutes with your family. And you hop on a plane to your next duty station. Oh, wow. Us National Guard guys, we came home. Right. I hopped in the minivan <laughs> and drove back to Ohio from Fort Benning, Georgia. Yeah. Um, so to, to lead up to you know kind of where I am now, um, you'd have to know that about halfway through basic training, I got what's called a Red Cross message. It's when a family emergency happens. Okay. Um, and I received this Red Cross message via drill sergeant, who was not the most emotionally uh, stable person, um, that my uncle was murdered. Um, yeah, it was really hard. Yeah. Um, wow. And, you know, I'm not going to, uh, like, verbatim say what he said yeah. to me because it's colorful language. But um, he basically told me to suck at the F up. Um, that it's crazy. a part of life. You're in this job where people die. Or you, you see death all around you. Yeah. Whether you, it's you doing the killing or people mm-hmm. are killing your guys. And you're going to see people go down. Yeah. And you just have to be able to move past that. That's what he told me. He said, you can cry while you're in my office right now. You have 10 minutes. You have a 10-minute phone call. But you're not going home. Wow. You can't go home for the visitation, for the funeral, nothing. And That's insane. It, it did qualify as a you know close family member, so I could have gone home. Yeah. But it was my parents' decision for me to stay. Because had I gone home, I would have restarted day one. So you'd have had – and how, how far – I was halfway through You're halfway point, through. Around the halfway point. Okay. Um, and they were coming up for family day. At the 10-week mark, um, you get a family – family weekend okay. before your uh, infantry training starts. 
Um, so I was going to see them in, in like a week and a half anyway. Um, so yeah, that was really hard. Um, he said, he also said, when you go out there, don't cry. Don't show that weakness. Which is like, for me, I would yeah. just be like, how? Like how? I like, mean, how? And I, I obviously couldn't. I went out and just started bawling and all the guys came around me. And yeah. What really sucked is that none of them had a relationship with God. So none of them were like, let me pray for you. Right. Let, let me sit down and, and just listen. Yeah. No, I, I ran to the bathroom. I think I threw up a couple times. Yeah. Um, and then that was the last time I cried. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know it at the time, but I, I internalized that. Yeah. I took that and I locked that idea far down in my heart mm-hmm. that essentially a switch broke. Yeah. In me um, that night. Um, so fast forward, um, I graduated basic training August 10th, 2018. Um, and how you know basic training works is you're ready for war. Yeah. Like that's how intense the training is. You come home or, you know, you're not supposed to come home actually. That's the idea. Yeah. You're actually supposed to be able to go to war like within a week. Right away. Yeah. Um, you're not supposed to come home. Um, I did. So I went from that morning getting smoked, doing push ups, the whole nine yards, getting screamed at Mm -hmm. to in a couple hours, I'm getting in a minivan to go home. So I'm going from 100 miles an hour, high anxiety, high stress, yeah. um, high adrenaline to calm. Yeah, nothing. Nobody's screaming at you. Nobody's. And nobody will be. Right. That was weird. Yeah, I like, can imagine. Like, that's just a complete 180 to. Oh, yeah. It's like I hit a brick wall. Yeah. Everything just stopped, um, which at the time felt really good. Like, oh, I'm free. It was right. a sigh of relief. But at the same time, I didn't know that in the, over the next couple of weeks, that was not going to be the case. It was not going to be a sigh of relief. Um, I actually came home and um, was craving to go back. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I missed it. That, the adrenaline. Yeah, that adrenaline rush, the discipline. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like why people take drugs. Yeah. It's a, they just, just another hit. Yeah, they just keep wanting that adrenaline. They want, even though it's high stress and anxiety, they want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted it too, because um, everybody had you know asked me questions like, "Tell me the stories you have." Yeah, I know you have some funny ones, and I do have some funny ones, some good ones, some bad ones. They're all just stories. I mean, it's basic training. Everybody's got basic training right. stories. But to civilians, like those are really interesting. So they just keep asking. They keep asking. But then. The questions stop. Yeah. After a while, nobody's You've interested told all the anymore. Stories. Yeah. Everybody sees have has seen you. Um, the questions stop, and so. You know, I can tell all these stories, and people can be like, "Man, that was really hard," or "Man, that's awesome. That's so cool. You're you're a badass. All this kind of stuff." Mm-hmm. But nobody's gonna really understand what happened, at an emotional level. Right. So I was craving, even though I hated those guys. I so I only talked to like five of them, and we're really close friends. We talk yeah. three or four times a month, um, but I was craving to be with even, even the shitheads. Yeah, like 
but because they knew me at an emotional level, because they were there when it was hard, when it was rough. I, so even to be with them, I craved it. Um, and so what, also what I didn't realize is I came home and I didn't realize that that switch had broken in me, mm-hmm. that my emotions were gone, which is a crazy feeling. Yeah. And a crazy realization that I can't feel anything emotionally. Right. I think I realized it when my parents said, uh, before I went back to school, I only had two weeks, by the way, at home before I went back before, to school. Yeah, okay. Um, they said, we love you. We're proud of you. And in my heart, I said, no, you don't. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. That would have that broken destroyed them. That yeah. would have destroyed them. But in my heart, I said, no, you don't. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Where'd that come from? I've never thought that. Yeah. I brushed it off, you know, kept going. Um, and as the time passed, I realized that things were getting worse. Um, like, that was funny, but I'm not laughing at that. Right. That's weird. That's really sad. Why yeah. am I not crying? Yeah. Like, I, I see my family um, mourning my uncle. Yeah. And they're crying. and But why am I not? Like, I want to feel that. I want to let, let let these tears go. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't. I couldn't cry. I couldn't feel love, laughter, sadness. It was all gone. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I would either sleep a ton or not at all. Um, and so the nights that I didn't sleep at all, I would, I would <laughs> watch stand-up comedy to get myself to laugh. And I hate to admit this. I would watch sappy Nicholas Sparks movies to try to get myself to cry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. I've seen everything. Um, not ashamed, kind of. And um, But nothing was working. Yeah. So I started turning to Tinder and, you know, everything that happens with that. Right. So I could feel love. And you know how that goes. Right. That's not real. That real, true love that yeah. you get off quote, Tinder. Quote. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't working, mm-hmm. obviously. Turned to drinking. I would go out. It started real, you know, innocently. Like, I'd go to a party and I'd get drunk. But then it turned into, okay, I'm going every weekend. Yeah. Going on weeknights. And I'm realizing I'm not drinking to have fun. Right. You know, as normal people do, yeah. whatever that means. Um, I was drinking to feel something. Mm-hmm. I was drinking to have, like, to laugh. I was drinking to cry. I was, you know, drinking just to feel yeah. something, which obviously doesn't work. No. You know, because you wake up and you feel the exact same way. Right. Even, it takes you even back. shittier. Yeah. Um, so nothing was working. I was getting worse and worse and worse. And um, I think it was... Um, some of my roommates had noticed like dude you didn't drink before basic training you'd have a beer but you didn't drink like this you didn't come home stumbling drunk yeah like and I think I'm not 100% sure on this but I think they called my dad really and told him kind of what was going on because it kind of came out of nowhere like Brandon there's something wrong because I hadn't really seen my family that much because I'd been at school yeah and, um, yeah, um, my dad sat me down and he said, 
you need to get help. We need to get you help. So I did. Um, went to counseling, mm-hmm. whole nine yards with that. Um, and it was good. It was good to talk out some of the stuff that I was feeling. Um, but I was still isolating myself from community. I was going to church every weekend, but you know, I wasn't really believing anything that was being said. At this point, I'd kind of written off God, like, you told me to do this. You, I explicitly heard you say yeah, seventh grade. you're joining the military. Yeah. If this was your plan for me, why does it hurt so bad? Like, what, what went wrong? Yeah, interesting. Like, why would you have me do this? I was very angry. So I wrote him off, but I was still going to church. Mm-hmm. Mostly just because I was going with my friends and checking off the box, like, hey, God, look at me. Yeah. I'm doing I'm what church. you said. What you said I you should know, do. I, good things should start happening to me, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> but I was still, I didn't have the community piece because I was isolating myself from community. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I didn't feel like anybody would get me because mm-hmm. of what happened to me. I just felt different. Yeah. Like, because I'm in the Army now, that nobody is going to understand Civilians, quote-unquote, right. won't understand. Quote unquote. They won't understand Only what these guys that were there with me will know what I've been through. Yes, kind of exactly. Thing. Okay. Um, so I was isolated. I would even wear my hat down so you couldn't see my eyes. Hmm. Um, I would walk to class on the verge of tears because I felt just so alone. Yeah. Um, so that kind of continued um, through the spring. Um, some other stuff happened. Um, I ended up working for a landscape company. Um, it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, one of my old jobs. Uh, but before that, I was working for FedEx. Um, this is kind of a part of the story that I don't really share a lot. Um, but uh, I'm going to share it. Go for it. Um, so let's see. It was about uh, November-ish. Um, we had a friend from high school kill himself. Mm. He was in the Army. He was actually an Army Ranger. Um, which is where? Which is what I wanted to be. Yeah, where you wanted to <laughs> go. Um, which in reality was not going to happen for me. Um, but anyway... Um, and that hit my roommate really hard. I didn't really know him that well, yeah. but it hit my roommate very hard. Um, and he actually, because he knew what I was going through, mm-hmm. he sat me down and with tears in his eyes, rolling down his face, he said, promise me you'll never leave me like that. Wow. Promise me that things won't get that bad. Wow. And that night I made a promise to him. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to let that happen. Well, a couple months later, I was working for FedEx, and I hated my life. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Yeah. I was actually in one of the shipping containers yelling. Really? I was far enough away that nobody could hear me. Yeah. Like, God, what the F? What is going on? Like, I didn't hear anything. And that night, my plan was to slam my car into the, into the side of the side of 75, into a wall. And um, before I was going to do it, I heard Connor's voice in my head. Promise me you won't do it like that. Promise me you won't leave this earth like that. Don't do that to me. Wow. Because I was close with Trevor, but I'm clo- much closer with you. Yeah. Don't, don't do that to me. And, you know, I just kept, I just kept driving. Made it home Crazy. safe and sound. Um, and uh, from then on, 
you know, that promise has always been in my head. I will never let that happen again. Yeah. I will never let things get that dark. Um, so I always wear a bracelet, a memorial band. Um, even though I didn't know him that well, it's yeah. a reminder for me. It's a reminder for you. Um, yeah, so moving on. Um, I Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's super deep, and yeah. I appreciate that. It's not a part that I really share a whole lot, but um, felt compelled to share it because it is a part of the story. Yeah. You know? um, it needs to be said. It's a part. I mean, I think, like, for me, like, I want to go into, like, I f- feel that I've always been an entrepreneur and, mm-hmm. you know, that's something I'm, I'm going to pursue for the rest of my life. Um, and just recently, like somebody that we were close with, I mean, we heard that, you know, he died and it didn't really come out if it, if he actually did take his own life or something, yeah. like, but it, I mean, something that comes along with entrepreneurship as well as the loneliness, like yeah. it's just the mental health is so important to talk about how you're feeling, how you're doing. I mean, if you, and it honestly comes back to having solid community. Oh yeah. It's all about the community. And and that's why, I mean, I I was just so alone. Mm -hmm. The guys that were with me in that were all the way across the country. And I felt like even, you know, even though that they were with me, there's kind of like a silence, you know, code in the military about that. Like, you don't talk about how you're feeling. Yeah. You know, you wimp. Just as... Like, just suck it up. The whole drill sergeant just like... Yeah. It's the, it goes back to that whole thing, like, suck it the F up. Yeah. You're, you're hardcore infantrymen. Yeah. And I, I honestly believe there's there's a time for that. There's a time oh, and yeah, place there, for that. There's a time and place and for that. And there's a time and place to be vulnerable and talk about... Yeah. Hey, you know what? I feel alone right now. Yeah. And it sucks. Why do you think the veteran suicide rate's so high? Yeah. It's that exact feeling. I mean, like you were saying how you came back and you kind of, you felt like these people weren't here with me. They're not going to understand what I went through. And honestly, I probably can't understand what you went through Yeah. or what anybody who that has served overseas and has seen people die next to them has had to kill people. I will never understand that. Yeah. I don't have any plans on killing anybody and I can't even imagine what it feels like to, not only take a life, but have have that responsibility. Like, have that responsibility, that burden on your shoulders, yeah. or to have your best friend either, you know, take his own life or yeah. somebody take his life. You know, yeah. I can never imagine that. And so, while I won't be able to understand it, it's it's not that I need to understand it. It's that you need that those guys should feel open to talk about it. Yeah, and know that they're not. I don't know what it was like. But mm-hmm. getting it off your chest and be able to say, "Hey, yeah, That's I did huge. this," and and it it was tough and it's yeah. heavy and it, it weighs on me every day. Yeah, for veterans and people in the military, it's it is massive. It is huge to be able to talk, mm-hmm. even to somebody who hasn't been there, done that. You know, that's something for you know listeners. Like if you know someone who's been there, done that. Yeah, just talk to them. Yeah. You know, don't be like, hey, have you killed someone? Like, <laughs> that's... Yeah, that's a little bit... That's that's a little much. But, like, hey, how are you? Yeah. Like, how are you doing? You know... And then dig just, in a just little. Just even saying, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, you don't want to press too hard. Yeah. But... You don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Right. When, they, when you say, how are you doing? And they say, fine. 
then that's a little that's an opportunity to press in. Yeah, but you gotta pr- like get let them get to the point where they're let it be their idea, but yeah. you know keep pressing in. And just be sure. like, no, like how you really doing? Like what's what's on your mind? What's been on your mind lately? Like don't bullshit me. Like yeah, give them that. Sometimes with 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 veterans and people in the military, you have to be a little bit stern though. Like, yeah, well that's what they're used to. Yeah, and then they might say fine, and yeah, that's when you could say something like you know I'm I'm here for you anytime, mm-hmm. and then. It could go from there. And yeah, for sure. You just don't want to get pressed in too yeah. hard where it's, it gets super uncomfortable yeah. and they're like, yeah, I'm never talking to that person right. again. <laughs> so, but yeah, like the, the community piece is huge. And, yeah. And I, I shared that just because, you know, somebody might need to hear that of like, of that story of, you know, you're important to someone. Yeah, everybody is. Everybody's important to someone. So. You're never, you're never alone. Um, yeah. You just got to find your crew to roll with. Oh, I yeah. mean, and I, I'm so blessed to have the roommates that I have seven of my best friends yeah. uh, living in a house together that were able to recognize what was going wrong and able to press into those. They were able to ask the tough questions because they had that authority in my life. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I had that community there mm-hmm. um, at the house, but that was all I had. They're kind of like my safety blanket. Right. Um, so fast forward through the summer. It was a really good summer. Um, I decided I was going to take the semester off and work. I really needed to make money because um, I had spent all my money, blown every penny of it. Yeah. Um, honestly, just on food. <laughs> like I was eating out all the time. A little bit on alcohol. <laughs> That'll drain you really quick. Oh, yeah, it will. Um, Those that kind two of things. stuff. I, I was buying useless gear that I was never going to use. You know, clothes, whatever. Uh, but I needed to make money, and I needed to really decide what I was doing with my life. Yeah. Um, so it was about September. Um, my dad had actually found out that I wasn't, you know, making money, and that I was <laughs> blown at all. And he was like, "All right, come to Jesus moment right here. You're going to Montana on the men's trip." And I think he gave me like a month month's notice. I'm paying for it, but you're going. Like mm. you need to go. Yeah. I was very reluctant to go because um, I was going to be the youngest. I felt like I didn't have any life experience, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which is like after you know listening to that past conversation that we just had, it's like that's a lot of uh, life experience for a twenty-year-old. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> like what tough situations do yeah. to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so uh, I felt like I had nothing to offer to the group and that kind of stuff. But I got on the plane. I went by myself. Met all the guys out there, and it was amazing. Probably the best week of my life. Yeah. You know, the week with my dad was good. Being by myself mm-hmm. was good. It was really, really good. And I went in with the mindset of, all right, God, tell me what I'm going to do with my life. He slapped me in the face, and he said, no, we're here to work on us. That's awesome. So you're not going to get anything from me Yeah. until our relationship is what it was meant to be. That's so cool. Yeah. And so I just heard God in so, so many ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it all it also goes back to, you know, high school, junior high, being bullied all the time for not being strong enough, not being athletic enough, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I never felt like I was enough. And so, like, some of the first words on that trip that I heard from God were, you're enough. You are so loved by me. You are exactly who I made you to be. 
you're in the right place. Yeah. You're right where you need to be. And I needed to hear that. I really needed to hear that. I think more people need to hear that. More people need to hear that. It all goes back to Psalm 139, too. Um, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. Um, Just that God knows me. Mm -hmm. He knows every part of me. And um, that week was huge. It was amazing. Um, Came back from it, you know, on on a spiritual high, of course. That happens. Yeah. Um, The very next weekend was actually college week, college camp, sorry. College camp, Um, yeah. I was super excited for it. Um, met a lot of really great guys in my group. I didn't know anybody in my group going into it, which I would not have done before. Yeah. that I did that same thing with man camp twice, and it was always a really good experience. Oh, it's amazing to go in with no expectations yeah. and not knowing a single single person. It's really group. nice because you don't have to bring anything to the table. Like You right. feel like, oh, well, when I'm with this group of people, I feel like I have to be this yeah. person. Well, no, like... Right. These guys don't know me. I can just be whoever the hell I want to be. Yeah. And it usually turns out you figure out a little bit more about yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, actually, that, that previous week was my first night at college night, too. Okay. Which is a God story in and of itself. My roommate had invited me. He ended up not being able to go. And I was like, crap, I'm not going. <laughs> and he's like, dude, just go. It's going to be really great. Yeah. I went, and it was the time Chuck Mingo was talking. Okay. I was like, oh, crap. And he's talking about wilderness experiences. I'm like, okay, God, I get it. I get it. I yeah. get it. You know, this is the place I need to be. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, God, for real. Um, haven't really missed one since. I've missed maybe one or two since. Yeah. Um, I just found found my 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 people mm-hmm. in college night because of that. Ended up meeting Thomas, um, which was, again, a God story, how that happened. It was all because of a hat. <laughs> really? that I wore one time yeah I was looking for my favorite hat which was actually a young life hat okay it said Saranac on it was all it's all beat up it's been anywhere and everywhere with me I couldn't find it of course it was sitting on my desk um and so I grabbed the first hat I found didn't even know which one it was put it on looked in the rear view mirror as I was pulling out crap it's an, it has an American flag on it with a gun on it. Yeah. I'm like, I was going to say is if it, if it's a black you rifle and, coffee hat. If you and Thomas met because of a hat, <laughs> it had a gun on it. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, and I'm like, crap, people are going to think I'm weird. Like, they're going to think I'm some crazy gun junkie. What are you doing? No, that fit. You need to fit in well here at Crossroads if yeah. you're some crazy, yeah. crazy gun junkie. Crazy outdoor gun junkie. Um, so I wore it. Thomas came up to me. He's like, dude, what hat is that? I'm like, I don't know you. But I was like, uh, it's a Black Rifle coffee hat. And he's like, dude, that's my favorite kind of coffee. I was like, oh, well, okay. And he's like, dude, come see me afterwards. I was like, all right. So I did. And he's like, dude, there's some of us who kind of go shooting a little bit around here. Would you like to come with us? And I was like, hell yeah, I would. <laughs> of course. Yee, yee, let's do it. <laughs> and um, yeah, we ended up getting coffee. Um, felt super comfortable with him. I ended up sharing my, giving my testimony to him right off the bat. Nice. <laughs> it was like, yeah. hit the ground running. Um, it's been a great relationship ever since. Um, yeah, that, that, that weekend at um, college camp also, um, one of the guys who's on my Montana trip, uh, Tony, was in the prayer tent. I knew he was going to be. Oh, so cool. I went in the prayer tent, th- you know, knowing I was going to go to him. Yeah. 
And he knew I was desperate for community. He knew I was starving for it. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, this guy who I just prayed for right before you, his name's Connor Kramer. He was praying for growth in his small group called Tribe. Huh. He's like, you need to meet him tomorrow. Come find me and I'll introduce you. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Pump the brakes. I'm not ready for this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that morning I ended up getting baptized in the pond. Yeah. Um, It was amazing. That nasty pond cut my toe a little bit. uh, Did you see somebody broke out in hives? Really? Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. Pond needs to be. It was fun. Yeah, worth it. Totally Needs to be dredged, it. and yeah, but that's part of part of the adventure. That's part of college camping, men's camp. Men's yeah, you just gotta send it. Yeah, just gotta send it. Um, yeah, I got baptized. Met Connor the very next week. I went to Tribe, and I haven't missed one since. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and Tribe has been huge in my spiritual growth. We're reading a book called Wild at Heart right now. If you've ever read Which it, is by John also, Eldridge. Yeah, it's also titled uh, Fathered by God. I did confirm that. So it's the okay. same book. Is it the same book? From my understanding, um, he wrote Wild at, at Heart first, and then, like, Fathered okay. by God was, like, the revision or something. Okay. Or other, I don't know. But. Um, yeah, it's it's been amazing. And the guy who leads that, Greg Sizemore, um, is just a, an amazing guy. Yeah. I've learned so much. Uh, so that's kind of where I am today. Um you know, I've been riding that spiritual high mm-hmm. still since September. Um, you know, closer to God and closer to the guys and men around me than I ever have been in my entire life. Yeah. Working for a Christian company, which was a answered prayer in itself. Yeah, um, yeah so that's kind of like the, the overview of the last year, year and a half of my life to where I am today. It's been a crazy roller coaster yeah. um, hey that's the way it goes though that's the best way oh yeah we are officially at 58 minutes oh shoot yeah so <laughs> we'll go ahead and wrap it up if you All want right. yeah but i feel like um a couple things that i took away that could be practical advice would be one to find a mentor oh yeah for if sure. it's not your dad or somebody a coach a neighbor or whatever and then the other thing was stay in community, find a community, yep. and just be vulnerable in that community. Share how you're really feeling. Yeah. Um, and those are two things that I took away. I don't know if you oh, yeah. um, had anything yeah, else to add. Definitely community, being vulnerable with the guys around you. You know, don't lie to yourself yeah. you know, about where you're at. You just have to, you just have to be vulnerable. Yep. Um, another thing that I was going to say, I promise this will be short, um, it's a quote. If you've ever seen the movie We Bought a Zoo, it's actually tattooed on my arm. Uh, part of part of the quote, anyway. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all it takes is twenty seconds of insane, embarrassing courage. And yep. I promise you, something good will come of it. Yeah, has seriously guided me since I've seen that movie years, years, years ago. That yeah. every decision I've made in that story came down to twenty seconds. That's sometimes all it military. takes. Could be a years, years long process, but it takes twenty seconds to yeah. to do that. Having the balls to walk up to a girl and ask her out. <laughs> I was talking yeah, to this yeah. about this with somebody earlier, just about how sometimes you just got to be a little bit 
like more courageous and just or more confident, it, whatever it is. Yeah, but it, that it take takes that twenty, 20 seconds. seconds. And really, honestly, it really takes five. Yeah. Just really. five seconds. Yeah. Take a deep breath and do it. Whatever it is, just and then step mm-hmm. forward. Yep. And just go for it. Ask the girl on a date, twenty seconds. Yep. You know, take that job, twenty seconds. Drop out of school. Drop out of school like I did. Twenty seconds. Yep. It all comes down to the twenty seconds or less. Yeah. You know, no more than twenty, but less. Right. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much for being super vulnerable and sharing your story. Of course. It's a story I love sharing. For sure. Well, catch you next time, guys. Goodbye.